0: Jill and welcome to the void to show I have an existential crisis in public. You know, celebrity culture really pisses me off. Every time I'm forced to look at some rando who looks like an Italian greyhound on my Discover page, I want to scream. Because I don't care. I actively resent the fact that Mental bandwidth that I could use for other things that actually matter are Wasted on knowing that Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson had a relationship. My neurons are constantly atrophying. We don't need this Okay, sir, why are we talking about this? I uh, was reading this book by Jeanette McCurdy. It's called I'm glad my mom died and I had to buy it because I went (laughs) In the bookstore. Look at that face. <laughs> it's So cute. It's really cute. McCurdy was a kid star on iCarly and um, basically she went through hell and back without saying too much about this hilarious book because it is funny. This confirmed something that I've always believed. Before I talk about what my beliefs actually are, let's talk about fame first. What is fame? How did it come to exist? Grab something to drink, babyface. Let's talk about it. The lore behind the concept of fame is so much deeper than our current relationship to it would have you believe. The word fame is derived from Femi, which is a Greek goddess or fama in Roman mythology. And Femi was the daughter of Alpis, the personification of hope. But here's where I think a lot of people miss the complexity of Greek mythology. Because you cannot stop at the goddess or the god themselves. You have to dive into their ancestry because their lineage is the key, and that will tell you how people thought about certain values. Let me talk you through Femi's ancestry. Okay, so Femi is fame, right? And her mother is hope, which in Greek mythology is a demon. And it was the last spirit that was stuck in Pandora's box, if I remember correctly. Femi's grandmother is Nyx, the knight, and Femi's great grandmother is Chaos. She's the void. Her great-grandmother is the void. By the way, we really love chaos in this house. It's our favorite goddess. With a lineage like that, you understand why Greek people were not that into Femi. I was looking into uh, the lineage of Greek mythology. I had a moment of realization where I was like, no way. Fame is the descendant of emptiness. Shit, that is deep. Immortals were terrified of her because if you were on a good side, then she would make you famous. And if you were on her bad side, she would ruin your reputation. Back in the day, in that time, both fame and infamy were seen as equally terrible. So everyone hated her. In mythology, she's often described as this screeching, loud, grotesque, monstrous thing covered in eyes, which I think, again, is symbolically so deep. But my favorite description of her is by Hesiod. He's a a Greek poet. I'm probably ruining his name, but he's not alive to be offended. So that's good. He describes fame as an entity that is easy to pick up, but extremely heavy to carry and even harder to put down. And she never goes away. So what we can conclude from that is fame. Once you've had it, it changes you forever. The way these people wrote, man. So, okay, that's where fame comes from. The whole concept of fame comes from ancient Greeks because it was something they did not like and did not want. No one liked Femi. And then for the longest time, no one was famous. Let's just fast forward to the 18th century. In the 18th century, our views on fame changed because the industrial. Because the industrial. Because the industrial revolution, my God, made certain people well known and well deserved because they changed the fabric of society but where fame is something that's bestowed on someone because uh, they did a good deed or they uh, had an excellent performance. Celebrity is, is less of a designation and more of a negotiation between the person and the public. Celebrity is not about what the person has done, but more about who people think this person is. The difference between fame and celebrity is kind of like the difference between Meryl Streep and Kim Kardashian. Meryl Streep seems to be an artist that loves her craft, and she happened to acquire fame that way over the decades. Meanwhile, Kim Kardashian was not a lot of anything other than someone who aspired fame and acquired it. It's her entire shtick. And therefore we somehow all know who she's banging at what time, even when we don't want to. Celebrity is interesting to me because where fame has at least somewhat of a standard, All celebrity needs is an audience, even if there's nothing to see. Because as long as people are looking, it creates the illusion that there's something worth looking at. It speaks to this base lizard instinct of ours, where we have the tendency to just look where everyone else is looking. It's quite primitive. And in the 18th century, celebrity was was fiercely looked down upon. We could do fame and accept it as a necessary evil, but we couldn't do celebrity. People thought it was So superficial and excessive, you wouldn't outwardly show interest in a celebrity. It became kind of embarrassing. The only reason celebrity happened is because media happened. We became literate. People had more free time. And like I said in my last video, printed press became really cheap. Because of the printing and it being so damn cheap, you could get little pictures of your favorite celebrity at the corner store, or you could order it via the mail. All of these things gave people way more access to the people they were interested in. And it created this illusion of knowing. It gave people the chance to bond to this one dimensional other by sheer exposure. The thing that is now known as a parasocial relationship. And our brain isn't helping us either because it's pretty new. It's an estimated 40,000 years old. For reference, Earth is about 4.5 billion years old. So we're babies and our baby brain was not equipped to deal with the changes that happened uh, in the media. Our brain can't differentiate between someone we know because we see them in the neighborhood and someone we know because we see them on TV. Because remember, we were made for small communal living and our brain hasn't caught up to the fact that screens exist. So we think we know. Insert celebrity. I'm going to say Kim Kardashian again. Because we see them a lot, our brain just thinks, oh yeah, because we see this person so often, they must be part of our community because how else could I explain this? Screens don't exist in my world. That's what I imagine the brain would say. So to be reductive for a second, the only reason fame exists is because our brain doesn't understand what the fuck is going on. And vapid mass media sustains this confusion because this lag, in brain functioning is making people serious money. So we've established that there's a difference between fame and celebrity, but to make my life easier, now I'm going to use them interchangeably. So we've talked about how fame came to be, but we can't have this conversation without talking about why people want to be famous in the first place. Fame has long been discredited as a motivation for our behavior in the field of psychology because it was thought of as too shallow to be meaningful which in itself says a lot, I think. But with fame being more attainable than ever, or at least the illusion of it being more attainable than ever, fame has become its own field of research in social studies. So that's pretty cool. Out of all of this research came a psychological profile of people who want to be famous. And there's a really important difference between people who want wealth and people who want to be known by a bunch of randos. I mean, most of us would love to be able to go out to dinner without having to check our bank balance first. That seems pretty logical. But what sets fame seekers and wealth seekers apart is that wealth seekers would like a life that is not marked by financial stress. What fame seekers want more than anything is social acceptance. It basically comes down to thinking that being loved by as many strangers as possible gives you existential reassurance. And look, we're all looking for meaning, right? The only difference is fame seekers think that they can find it in fame. They really think fame will help them make sense of the nothingness. But us existentialists, we know better because wherever you go, there you are. You cannot escape yourself ever. There's nothing on this planet that can make us more than what we are. Not even a fantasy fair cover but i guess what i'm saying is let's try and not be too hard on the cloud chasers in our lives because what they're actually saying is look i've suffered from a lot of rejection and neglect in my life and i completely lack the ability to validate myself so i need to be known by as many strangers as possible so that i have something to base my worth on and to make up for all the times that i felt socially excluded because think about it, the the celebrity club is the ultimate club. It kind of has that vibe. When I become famous, people will blah, blah, blah. I won't have blah, blah, blah kind of that vibe. You know, I saw this clip uh, of Will Smith where he was talking about his first girlfriend and how she cheated on him and how he decided to never be cheated on again by becoming the greatest actor in the world. Or Lady Gaga, who had a boyfriend who's told her, you're never going to win a Grammy, which is a very specific insult. And she was like, you just wait and see. There will be a time where you can't even go to the frickin' deli without seeing or hearing me everywhere. And this seems inspirational, but it's really not. It just, to me, sounds like, like emptiness. I think it says so much about how empty you must be feeling inside if you think being loved by others is going to give you more worth. To feel that people's attention or validation is going to cure the feelings of unworthiness in you. Because, spoiler alert, it will not. It won't. You can win a Grammy and still fucking hate yourself. Usually finding counterpoints to my own point is my favorite thing to do and I thought it would be easy to do because fame now is its own genre within social studies. But when I dove into it, I couldn't find one study that talked about the psychological effects of fame in a positive sense. And of course, we all obviously see the perks that being famous has, the money, the adoration, the glam squad that can airbrush away any sign of humanity, stuff like that. But psychologically, famous people are more likely than not a hot mess. Two things are likely to happen in the face of fame. Either you become an egomaniac who thinks they're invincible and self destructs or you become so self-aware because of all the attention that is paid to every single part of you that you also self-destruct. So every road seems to lead straight into an abyss. I even found a study that said Achieving wealth, fame, or beauty are psychological dead ends. And that is a pretty bold claim because science always does its best to kind of tiptoe around the thing and not make hard statements like that. But they went there. The reason for this is because intrinsically motivated behavior, so stuff you do for you, like coloring in a coloring book or, I don't know, whatever it is you like to do, Psychology calls those activities psychologically nourishing. Everything you would do and you would continue to do, even if there was no one there to observe it, is where life happens. Doing things for its own sake, that you really enjoy, is is joy. And nothing that is extrinsically motivated like this desire for fame because it would mean that people would love you. Nothing like that can ever be as satisfying. You know, we humans are like plants, and our water, sun, and soil are autonomy, competence, and relatedness. If we feel like the masters of our own destiny, if we can completely govern our own behavior and our own path, and feel competent in the things that we choose to do, and can bond in real meaningful ways, we thrive. But if we have money and fame, and we ourselves can't decide where we go at what time, It's worthless. If we have a bunch of fancy cars and a lot of fans, but we haven't learned a new skill in decades because we're known for this one thing, and a lot of people's jobs depend on you knowing that one thing, you're still going to feel bad. If we're surrounded by a posse of yes men, and we haven't made a genuine friend in years, you're going to be miserable. Even if everything else is there, if you have money, fame, cars, if you don't have, a feeling of autonomy that you can decide to go to McDonald's when you want to. If you don't have a feeling of competence that you feel like you can pick up anything else and be good at it. And if you don't feel like you can connect to people for no reason other than that you're both humans, you're going to be miserable. None of the the beauty and the glamour whatever matters because we're plants. We need the simple stuff to thrive. I I understand why a lot of Famous people do drugs and now hold on, wait a minute. To me, like the the connection between drugs and fame makes perfect sense because I think they work the same in our brains. Remember that poet Hazel that said, it's easy to pick up, really hard to carry, even harder to put down and uh, you never really get rid of it. Doesn't that sound like a drug dependency? I looked it up to see what. Uh, people who are way smarter than me have to say about it. Fame does have a drug-like quality to it. It does make people high. Where we are excited about things sooner, when you're used to the excitement of being famous, your baseline becomes higher. For example, I accidentally bought toothpaste with glitter in it. I thought it was very exciting. But if you're used to people following you outside, then of course you're going to need more to feel something. And that's where people go, "Hmm, drugs, that could work. Another thing I thought was really interesting is that the same character traits that make people famous tend to be the same things that give them an addictive personality. Things like wanting to be the center of attention, impulsivity and risk-taking, wanting to be different and special, and of course, having low self-esteem and constantly seeking approval of others. I thought it was pretty, oh Jesus Lord, this is a lot of boob, but I thought it was pretty interesting because all those factors combined really are a recipe for disaster. Strange. It's almost like people weren't made to be put on a pedestal. The most interesting thing I found was a phenomenological study, which means a study that is focused on the subjective experience of the participants, but a study in which people from all parts of the entertainment industry were anonymously questioned about their relationship to fame. And these were really famous people. And this study really drives home how dark it is. I'll give you the the highlights. So there are four stages of fame. The first one is the love-hate stage. It's a giant ego stroke when you're being recognized. People often struggle with the fact that they find it so satisfying because they're like, I enjoy this so much. What does this say about me? The second stage is addiction. The stage where you can't even imagine your life without fame anymore. When you're not questioning why you're so satisfied about being recognized anymore and you just go with it and it feels good. One of those um, participants said, I have been addicted to every drug in the world, but no drug is as addictive as fame. And I think, you know, that's something. The third stage is acceptance. They just accept that their new status comes with overwhelmingly high expectations and temptations and a degree of loneliness. These things are considered as things that just come with the territory and the famous person learns to accept it. The fourth and final stage is adaption. It's where people learn to navigate the crazy new reality that they just learned to accept. One of their coping mechanisms is not making eye contact on the street and not reacting to their names being called. So in their private lives, they notice that they're really bad at that, which is such a it's such a basic skill. Can you imagine losing that skill? Other things that mark the adaptation stage are things like reclusiveness, isolation, and mistrust. Also a thing that I found very striking. One of them said he becomes this thing that people perceive and he has to accept that he no longer has any control over that. So he has learned to surrender to the helplessness. These are some words, man. And all of the participants went on record to say that they felt like they lost the exclusive rights to their face and that the public owned them now. The public pays their bills, so the public is technically their boss. All of this sounds more like a golden case than a golden ticket. Because celebrities do essentially work for us. They are powered by our attention. If we all stopped paying attention to Kim Kardashian right now. And there she is again. It's apparently the only celebrity I know. But what if we just stopped engaging with her content, not buy any of her products? Her well would run dry like that. That's also very interesting about fame. It is so ephemeral that the biggest part of it stops existing if you look away from it. It's a definition of vacuousness. I understand why fame and the selling of your soul have always been connected, because what I've learned from researching this is that likening fame to selling your soul is not as hyperbolic as it seems. As I was reading that study and saw so little joy, I just realized they sacrifice so much of what it means to be human. And for what? Just to be entirely made up of what people think of you and only to disappear as soon as people avert their gaze. But what I often wonder is, did fame shape our culture or is fame a result of our culture? It's hard to answer, but I feel like just how ancient Greek mythology reflects their values, our current media landscape reflects ours. And my God, do we love beauty and wealth and instant gratification? Do we love materialism? My theory is that they don't call these people idols for nothing because as I see it, individualism is our culture and our religion is money. So of course the rich become the deities we look to for guidance. We pray to Gigi Hadid, and the girl with the ponytail, and I guess Kim Kardashian again, in the church of capitalism. We pray to the deities that embody wealth and fame, things we believe will finally take away the meaninglessness of existence. And we pray to them in the hopes that we can get a little bit of what was bestowed on them. We buy their shoes, we look at what they wear and wear it too, because we want so desperately to have a little bit of their blessing. In my opinion, fame is pathological. Someone is not famous, someone suffers fame. That's how I see it. It's an affliction more than anything, a symptom of our material worship. So I reject the concept of celebrity entirely. Also, I find it really funny when the world gasps in unison, when another celebrity is involved in a scandal. Do I need to remind you that these people are complete strangers to you? Take Ned from the Try Guys. Is he the first man ever to cheat on his wife with a colleague? Of course not. But what exactly made people believe he wouldn't? The 10 minute footage of his face they see every week? Or the whole Harry Potter writer turf thing? Where does this shock come from? Whoever said she wasn't a turf? What made you think that? Her fictional book series? My point is you can't be disappointed in people you don't know, because the version of them you see has nothing to do with them. And of course I'm all for acknowledging people's talents, but to be all over them for it? Fuck no. Screw that. Who the fuck are they? It's awesome that some people are great at things, but you know, my neighbor might be a great singer. Does this mean I have to yell every time I see him? It's weird. I refuse to put anyone on a pedestal because we're all human, and so we're all fucked in, in one sense or another. We really are too flawed to be deserving of any kind of glorification. I'm a little tipsy. Okay, story time! I was walking to New York with someone who does something, and I know that he does the thing, but I constantly forget that a lot of other people also know that he does the thing. So we were walking down the street and he got recognized and I have to say, it's kind of uncanny. It's weird. It's just a very mixed experience because on the one hand, I thought it was very touching to see how happy he made people just by existing. People were genuinely happy to see him. But on the other hand, It's also quite dehumanizing because they weren't interested in him as much as they were interested in having a picture of him. They wanted him in the same way that we used to collect marbles. He effectively became a commodity. A cardboard cutout that had nothing to do with the version of him I liked hanging out with. And I can totally imagine this being a complete psychological quagmire if it happens on bigger scale. Because I think you'd forget what version of you is the cutout. So I get it, you know, I there's something really intoxicating about seeing people be so happy. And you did nothing. I get it. I'm sure that he enjoyed it. I know that he enjoyed it. And of course he did. But yeah, I, I can see where this can fuck you up. With all of this being said, this is not me judging you for enjoying celebrity culture. Do what thou wilt. Life is hard. Do whatever the fuck helps you make it easier the whole premise of why i'm sitting here talking to myself is because i think it's very valuable to question things that you take for granted because celebrity culture is a thing that people have just accepted but why if it wasn't clear to you already let me just say i'm not running my mouth on the internet because i want to be famous i'm running my mouth on the internet because i'm lonely And also because I need to do this. I have so many thoughts and I need to share them or else I just lose my shit. All I really want at this point of my life is a sense of direction, home ownership, and a Roomba. And sure there's some materialism in there but of course I need a place to build a love nest in. And I need a Roomba because That way, my hypothetical husband and I can spend more time loving each other and less time vacuuming cat hair. But anyway, where the hell was I going with this? (laughs) It's shitty to admit, but we are what we consume. You know, maybe your ironic watching of Love Island is not as ironic as you think. What we as a society choose to look at grows, even if it has no business to. Have you ever heard of Kinjali Rao? She's a 10-year-old scientist who created the technology with which she could send information about water quality via Bluetooth. I hadn't heard about her either. Why? I think it's because society has clearly chosen what it wants to look at. I think it would serve us all if we weren't so impressed by fame or by the nothingness of it all. I really like the Greek, the ancient Greek, perspective on fame, something that materialized out of nothingness. I really do believe that the more intrinsic fulfillment we experience, the less impressive fame becomes. Because when you're full, even if fame was offered to you on a platter, you would be able to see the humor in it and you would be able to stay grounded because you can see for what it is. You can see that the platter is empty. I guess the big takeaway is that there's nothing on this planet that'll solve all your problems. There is no way around the human experience. There's no escaping this existential (laughs) hellhole. And that was my take on fame. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And um, I'll see you in the next one. Bye.